1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Listener, do you ever worry that you take football too seriously? Like it makes you act irrationally and do silly things? Well, you can feel at ease that until you find yourself booing a 14-year-old from the sidelines of a youth game, despite having won the Champions League, Premier League, Serie a, and of course, most importantly, the Conference League, that you have not reached Mourinho levels of caring about the beautiful game. Please never change, Jose. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory and I'm joined by my very good friend,
1: Adam. Hey Rory, it's been a very good week of football. Serie A has reached new levels, but more importantly, we've had a few shocks in football as well, blessed by the FA Cup. But uh, more importantly, mate, how are you? I
0: am very good, thanks. Um, Yeah, good week. Very good Wednesday night that I really enjoyed after running home from work. We will be getting onto that one. (laughs) Oh, it was (laughs) beautiful. I'm going to be talking about Martin Erdegaard a lot, just to warn you. Really, very, very good Wednesday evening. But yeah, all good. And as you said, Serie A is hitting peak levels of Serie A at the moment. The the drama off the pitch uh, is kind of making up for what looks like a done title race. There's plenty to talk about. And yes, the managers and chairman are up to all sorts. Adam, how has your week been?
1: It's been very good, thank you. Keeping very well. Um, positive day today, but more importantly, mate, it's been good to catch up on some good football. Good old-fashioned mm-hmm. FA Cup as well, oh, right? You so, can't beat it. Yeah. I mean, we won't spoil it for the listener, but there's been a good few shocks that took place. And uh, I think it confirms one team's relegation, perhaps. We won't spoil it for the listener, but it pretty much looks on the cards for a certain team down the south coast, doesn't it, Rory? Yeah,
0: it was grim viewing down there. But before we get into the main show, we, of course, Mm. are going to talk about the drama that is engulfing Serie (laughs) A and (laughs) all the noise on the sidelines now, before we get into the game, we're going to talk about the game afterwards. We do need to talk about the story that I kind of alluded to in our yeah. intro, which is Mourinho. Now, there was a great video of uh, Mourinho celebrating with the Roma under 14s team as they beat Lazio. Um, obviously, the immortal rivals, <laughs> uh, or the eternal rivals. So Mourinho, I think Abraham, um, Chris Smalling, Cristante, a few of the players all went and celebrated with the the under-14s team. You could Mm. see the kids were absolutely delighted. It was a really wholesome video, really beautiful. And they were like doing the chants and getting (laughs) overexcited. And you're like, oh, Mourinho is just like, you know, he really gets that club. He really loves it. He seems like he's really found a home there. Yeah. And you thought, this is all too nice. There needs to be something. <laughs> Mourinho can't be this nice. Um, and of course, it has come out. The Lazio staff are incredibly angry with Mourinho, apparently, as when a player was down injured, I think, or a player was hurt on the pitch, Mourinho decided to boo a 14-year-old child <laughs> and was telling Roma players to do all sorts whilst on the sideline. Now, I like. I did a very brief amount of coaching when I was younger. And I would have to put up with those parents who would like, you know, you'd have to send them to the car and be like, "Okay, yeah. man, calm down for two minutes and go and like, you know, think about being an adult." But there's a part of me that really loves this image of Mourinho just shouting yeah. on the sideline, <laughs> and in part, it just makes me love him even more. I, I think I've said to you, I've said in uh, in the past that since he's left the UK and he's not in the Premier League anymore, I really (laughs) have fallen in love with Mourinho and I can see why everybody loves him. Um, And I just love this story. What did you think when you heard this story? Can you imagine being one of the parents who's just like, is that is he booing
1: my <laughs> yeah. I think it's personally quite funny just yeah. like just the fact that you went just pretend you're injured pretend you're injured like like saying these kind of things and just like boo yeah. like you're imagining a scene from Simpsons boo like <laughs> that. but um yeah I mean like you say if I was on the other end I don't know if I feel that way as well um and I have to allude to your thoughts and sentiments when you're having to uh, kind of go through the phase of your your little boy is playing a football and you see certain parents go very animated on the sidelines. Um, luckily, I've not had to experience that, but we have got a parent that is very focused on his son to do okay. very well. And he tells him when he's done badly. And it's oh. just like, oh, it's so cringe to watch on the sidelines because he's like, he's you you know he's a prick he's a prick really like without telling it to his face you're like he's a prick basically but yes, you have to turn out
0: to the kid and go don't worry your dad's just a prick <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. you use it your when you're 16 now. he's a prick
0: <laughs> yeah. oh it's brutal i had some i remember one one parent who was like i had to send him to the car because he was like you know doubting how well we could coach like four four two to a group of nine-year-olds chasing a ball in a group <laughs> as they ran <laughs> around the like, Mate, there's no shape. Don't worry about it. Go chill <laughs> out. Like, yeah. Um, but if it's Mourinho, it's charming. I'm sorry, those are the rules. Um, but there was <laughs> another story out of Italy with another manager getting in a bit of bother, and this was a very, very Italian type of bother, uh, or very Italian-themed bother. What happened?
1: It was. um, Basically, after the results of AC Milan and Atalanta, uh, Gasparini is goaded by some Milan fans, believe it or not. And uh, in retaliation, Gasparini just presses his button on the window and throws his panini at these fans. basically. (laughs) He does a fantastic shot because it was Ah. perfectly accurate as well. Um, But all you see is the AC Milan's facing him, unfortunately, in this Mm -hmm. video, and they throw it back. But luckily, Gasparini has the button on his side and he just makes sure that the window pulls up very quickly while (laughs) still shouting in Italian matters. Um, But yeah, just made me laugh because it is kind of Gasparini, isn't it? It feels very true to himself. And uh, given the uh, connection with him being an ex-interista as well, that's probably... Mm -hmm. uh, one to look out for but uh rory i also wanted to mention that we didn't mention it on uh monday's show um but a very serious thing happened as well so we had sampdoria's directors being sent a uh pig's head <laughs> <Christ> <laughs> saying they are next basically <laughs> now I-, I can't think of anything more kind of mafia slash yeah. father-esque than that scene basically seeing the pictures of this like pig's head, basically out of a box. <laughs> I mean, I could not see that happening in the Premier League myself, but, I mean, fair play to Serie A. They are living the dream right now, and, you know, there's extra entertainment, right? So why it's, aren't there more eyes on the league, right?
0: It, it, it is, like, the the lengths that the fans go to are incredible. Like, I think there's stories of, like, when Roma were really bad. Like, Roma fans waiting outside the ground There's something about vegetables like they let them all carrots or something because they said they played like rabbits (laughs) they showed no pride right like the fans really do yeah they take it to heart here and they're not afraid to like get the bus out to the training ground and tell you exactly (laughs) how they feel actually for Roma I think there is a bus that just goes to the training ground and people can just go and watch um so yeah it is just different out here but that's why we (laughs) love it that is absolutely why we love it and you never know. If I'm in Rome, I might try and catch an under 14s game just to see if I can bump into Mourinho <laughs> and give him, give him a hand booing some kids. Yeah. Being a teacher, there's plenty of kids I've wanted to boo for a very Aiding long time. Aiding the
1: development. That's the right word. <laughs> Aiding their development. Exactly. Right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, listener, we are going to go to the main show today. We're going to be talking about the mighty Arsenal. We're going to be talking about Liverpool and then making a late run for the top four. We're going to, of course, be talking about massive upsets in the FA Cup, Grimsby having to make another trip down to the South Coast, (laughs) but I'm sure they won't mind that much. Um, And we're going to be talking Blackburn Rovers, we're going to be talking Spurs, because of course we are, and then we're going to do a little bit on Roma Cremonese, the Turin Derby, and of course, preview what is a massive weekend in both leagues. Guys, there's a lot to get through, so we will see you on the other side. And here we are. Welcome to the Euro Review and we are starting with the mighty Arsenal as they battered Everton 4-0. Now I Mm. think that makes it sound a little bit more comfortable than it was, especially in the first 40 minutes. I did think that we were going to get a repeat of the Goodison Park result for quite a while. I think Mm. what Everton did, and it's what Sean Dyche is very good at, was they massively shit house the first forty minutes? <laughs> I think they were they were time wasting. From I think the first instance was fifteen minutes in Jordan Pickford started time wasting, very on brand, right? Very yeah. on brand. But what they did do is what they did against Goodison uh, against us at Goodison Park. They kept a great shape, low block, mm-hmm. really disciplined, and they actually had the better chances on the break. If they had someone who wasn't Neil Mobile. I think they might yeah, have gone one nil yeah. up. Like he had two chances that I think he probably should have put away. Gabrielle had a great tackle on him as well, like last-ditch tackle, mm-hmm. stopped him from scoring. So I think Everton definitely had their moments. And then I was thinking, ah, oh, crap, this is going to be, we're going to, yeah. we're going to fuck this up. Like it's the trouble. second half, we need to come out and make sure we do something here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then we've got, so many difference makers in this team. Yeah. And two of the biggest for this season, I'm going to get your thoughts on them after kind of, I've described the goal because I really enjoyed it. But yeah. the two difference yeah. makers kind of enjoy, joined forces and Zinchenko jumps up on the right wing. Now this shows you how much this guy just, he plays wherever he wants and he's very good at it. Mm. He, he pops up on the right wing and just waits and waits and waits. And it's what also hadn't done is shown patience. Really? They would, yeah, trying to be a bit quick and they were rushing things and he waited he was like no i'm gonna wait and the gap opened and he just plays that ball through to saka perfectly and saka has become a player that i can't describe to you how much i love him but he was so left-footed and people knew that if you showed him onto his left onto his right foot you were kind of taking it away you were kind of nullifying him to an extent but what Arteta has done, and he did it with Sterling, he did it with Sane, he did it with Mares. He improves wingers. He makes mm. them better. Like every winger that's played under Arteta at City has said, he was the guy who made me as good as I am. And that's what he's doing at Arsenal now. And Saka can now play on both feet. And that yeah. finish with his right foot was like Batishtuta esque. That was like <laughs> a violent finish. Like you can see Jordan Pickford's going. Okay, he's going to hit it low so he kind of lowers his body kind of it goes mm. to block the near Anticipate post kind of thing. It, yeah and before he's even reacted that ball's past him top corner in the tiniest area like mm. what a finish and i think like zinchenko has been incredible and much better than i could have ever anticipated him being <laughs> but i think saka now i know holland is going to get player of the year right holland is going to get player of the year yeah, yeah. It, it's going to happen but i think Saka should at least get young player of the year and be mm-hmm. in the conversation for player of the year because he's now yeah. got he's 10 goals in the league, nine assists. So he's going to get double figures for goals and assists. Um, and he's his form post-World Cup is now like six goals and uh, four assists, mm-hmm. I think, since he's come back from the World Cup. He has just hit another level. And I think this is a player that like I've been trying to kind of think, is this a ridiculous thing to say? But I think we're going to find out. When he hits his peak, I think he could be in the conversation if he plays up to his potential as one of the best players in the, on, on, like, in the world. I think he honestly has that level of potential. Okay. To be 21 years old and be performing at the level that he's at so consistently and to have done it for a few years now, like he mm. made his debut when he was 18, right? It feels yeah. like he's been around forever. I just think he's hitting new levels this season. But for a non-Arsenal view... How do
1: you see Saka as a player, and do you think what I've just said is ridiculous? Feel free to say yeah. I think he's definitely got better, without a shadow of doubt. And you, I, I would say he's definitely become a match winner now. He's become that kind of person now that you rely on him to create that difference. So a bit like uh, Thierry Henry when he first mm-hmm. started at Arsenal, he started to mature his game a lot more. And he's becoming now the kind of changing point that he can come on the pitch and make something happen, basically. Um, I mean, you definitely, I, I feel like uh, you're almost too far fetched in terms of saying player, or like incredible player in the world at this stage, because I think there's so many potentials out there right mm-hmm. now. Like Farah, for example, is incredible on his day. And I wonder, obviously they're two different type of players, right? Mm-hmm. But, I definitely think if you're going to say a top 10 or top 11, he's definitely in the conversation for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, So I think he's definitely one of the players, like you say, that should be alluded to in terms of consideration for play of the season. Um, Definitely within a shadow of doubt, when you said that about Haaland, I said, yeah, but he would definitely get young player. Without Mm -hmm. a shadow of doubt, I can't think of anyone with the exception of maybe, say, Rashford, perhaps, maybe, yeah. of his latter form. But if you're talking about consistency over the course of the season, Saka, I think, deserves it, hands mm-hmm. down. And if you think back as well, um, obviously, we've been talking offline about Rafael Liao and that video that he's posted, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, the
0: transfer rumour starts here, guys. He's coming it to Arsenal. It does.
1: <laughs> um, but even I watched that clip again, and I was, like, reminded about how humble he's become. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just as a slight spin-off as well, his mum actually works in the place that I work for. So wow. we, we saw also like the kind of bits and pieces in between as well. So yeah, it's incredible seeing his development and how he's blossomed. It's incredible how he's just gone up a level. And like you say, I, I think just that finish just says how much he mm. is becoming a crucial player for Arsenal the worry will be is if you don't have him, what happens next? Like, mm-hmm. I think Arteta really does kind of hope that Saka's injuries don't happen and that they are protecting him as best mm-hmm. as they can. But back to the game, I mean, Martinelli again yeah. was on fire as well. I mean, that was incredible. And you want to talk about Odegaard, so yeah, you know, well, you go on, talk.
0: No, well, this is it. And I I think, like, with Martinelli, he's a player that was struggling and people were saying he was out of form. And he was out of form. He wasn't playing well. He's now got three goals, four goals in his last three games, I think Mm. now. Four goals in his last three games. He's suddenly burst into form. Trossard and him, Trossard Mm. has brought out this whole different thing in Martinelli. And he kind of gives us the same thing. So, so a few weeks ago, I said, Martinelli is missing Gabriel Jesus because he needs that person that he can link up with and drop back and and switch positions. And Trossard, the business we did in January is insane, but Trossard is able to replicate that Gabriel Jesus role and has brought that out of Martinelli. And Martinelli's been able to play center and we're seeing him as a striker and I think his future is as a striker. But yeah, it's great to see him in form. Zinchenko has just been absolutely unbelievable I cannot believe City let him go I just cannot believe Pep did not see this player there it's mind-boggling but Erdegaard I feel like it's it's incredible again how we got this guy from Real Madrid for 30 million and he's been I'm I think he's been the best midfielder in the league this year the best attacking midfielder in the league this year he's been better than De Bruyne consistently on terms of consistency I think he's been better than De Bruyne this year um And I think what I love about him is, and it was in the Villa match as well, when things aren't going his way, he doesn't shrink, he grows. Mm -hmm. And something will happen and he'll go, no, this isn't good enough. And he turns it on. And I think the first half, none of it was really good enough from Arsenal, apart from those two goals, right? And the second half, Erdogan came out and he just ran the game. He was helped by Thomas Partey. Now, I wasn't happy Partey came on because I don't want him near the club. (laughs) But he came on and he's a very good player. He changed the game. And he liberated Urdegaard. And just if you've not seen it yet, the slide tackle back heel, Cruyff turn, Penenka thing that Erdegaard (laughs) does, where he's taking the but he tackles the ball. I think it's from Iwobi, and he just—it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And it just screams a player who is just swimming in confidence just cannot like he's trying everything. And the beautiful thing is when you look at that clip, you think, Oh, it's just a pointless skill. Like we won the ball back. And then that him winning the ball led to a 19 pass move in which every player touched the ball apart from Martinelli who eventually scored the, the, the the goal at the end. So that tackle directly led to an awesome goal. So not only Mm. is it this beautiful moment of like ingenuity and class, It then the team's good enough to turn it into a goal. I think that's one of the performances of the season. I know Everton are not great. And watching them, I was like, you lot are bang in trouble. Like, I realised, like, it was a game that we should have won and we should have won it comfortably, and we did. But what I feel like the last couple of games at Arsenal have not been fun. (laughs) They've been quite stressful affairs, (laughs) especially the Aston Villa one was incredibly stressful. This felt like... You could see the arsenal players relax a bit Mm -hmm. and they were like okay now we're enjoying ourselves let's pass it around a bit and you could i think it was just another step in that getting over the blip like after the loss against everton the loss against city we got over the blip and now it's feeling that okay we're relaxing into ourselves again and we can start playing and i feel like Mm. it was just a really really important win um i really enjoyed it and we are now in the same position as when Gabriel Jesus left, we are five points clear at the top of the table and Gabriel Jesus is about to come back. And I think if someone had said to me, when Gabriel Jesus comes back, you can be in the exact same position. They wouldn't have even finished the sentence before I bit their hand off. Yeah. Like it is unbelievable what we're doing here. And on the last thing to kind of wrap it up, I found myself accidentally today watching something from Goldbridge. Um, okay. I was kind of bored on YouTube and I was like, "Oh you know what? I'll see what the... I'll see what they kind of what he's like, and I've watched a few of his things where he's not talking about United, and I actually think he's fairly sensible. I think he says some kind of level-headed things, and he's his analysis isn't particularly in depth, but I think he's quite level-headed no. and he's quite he's quite like I think he knows what he's talking about. He does a lot of clickbait, but anyway, when he's talking about Arsenal, I feel like when he's talking about other clubs that he's not invested in, I feel like he's quite fair. And he was talking about how the media narrative now is either Arsenal or Bottlers. So, uh, Arsenal are going to win the league, they've bottled it. Or, if Arsenal don't win the league, they're bottlers. And he's like, mm. it's neither of those things. He's like, if they win it, it's an incredible achievement. But if they don't win it, it doesn't mean they've bottled it. We are still no. going to get our highest points total since 2008, I think it is. Mm. like is. We're still massively overachieving. I think this is just what I have to keep reminding myself, that even if Man City do lift the trophy in May... This has still been a season that I've really, I am really enjoying. I'm just yeah, loving exactly. this season. Like I love the players, I love the squad, except on this party. Like, I like I'm just loving everything about the yeah. season. So I just want to keep it fairly level-headed. But I am also terrified that we could actually win it. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> but we're gonna leave it there with Arsenal. Very quickly, Adam, Everton. Yes. This puts them bang in trouble. Sean Dyche now has got five points from six games, I think it is, Um, or six points from five games. And has he had the effect you expected? Are you a little bit underwhelmed or is this kind of what you thought would happen?
1: thought it would happen purely because they didn't really invest in a striker. We knew that was a big problem they had. And obviously it doesn't sound like Calvert-Lewin is in a good place at the moment. It sounds like he'll be out for a little bit longer. Um, and then the fact that Neil Malpay hasn't done anything, absolutely anything so far. I think that really just compels what the issues are at Everton right now. Um, just, they seem gutless though. I, I know we've been saying about how kind of strong they were, resistant against Arsenal. But as soon as the goals started to happen, yeah. they just disappeared. As a team, just that formidable kind of, formation seem to disappear and you do worry about the mentality of that team and the players Mm. in particular and it must be so frustrating being a fan of theirs because they've just been used to it for so many years (laughs) and just been seeing so many different players come in and go as well at the same time but yeah, it's not looking pretty at the moment. And unfortunately, I, I think it pretty much cements where I think they're going now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know it's still a bit early and it could, you know, it could within a couple of results, they could bring themselves out. Because Burnley did that for a while. They'd go on this run where it looks like they were pretty much done. And then he'd just build up like a run mm-hmm. together. It almost felt like they had to get r- rid of the rut that they were in. So my, my, my main issue is that you've got some big games coming up. I believe Nottingham Forest is being one of them. Um they're kind of games that they need to get points off. And I, I I really do struggle. If you think about the two right in that example, I still fancy Nottingham Forest to pull off the yeah. result because I yeah, think they've yeah, got yeah. a better Especially player.
0: Especially at the city ground. Like I'm I'm just looking at Everton's fixtures now. Yeah. They've got Forest away, Brentford yep. at home. Chelsea away, now that could be a given, but Chelsea away, Tottenham at home, United away, Fulham at home, like Palace away, Newcastle at home, like they've not got, they've got Leicester away, just going to the end of the season, Leicester away, Brighton away, City at home, Wolves away, (laughs) Bournemouth at home, like the games out of that list that I'm looking at going Everton can win are probably Palace away maybe, maybe. Mm. Um, and Bournemouth at home are the two but where I think... You're saying Bournemouth's
1: run. the last game of the season, is it? Yeah. Or last home game? So, I mean, by that point, it could be game it set could and be done. done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so, it's a rough, rough run for, for the Evertonians. I did see quite a funny thing that was, um, you know, Everton fans on Twitter, they're just... Yeah, yeah they just um, so, so funny. One put up a thing of the stadium, and one of the Everton PR people was like, people are going to undo it, people... Uh, I can't understand how loud this stadium is going to be. someone was just going to say, <laughs> the booing is going to sound incredible in this <laughs> stadium. It's so like the quote tweet is absolutely fantastic. The booing is going to sound amazing in this stadium. Yeah, so good. Oh, sorry, Everton fans, we keep laughing at you. But, you know, I, you laugh at yourself, so I think you won't mind. Exactly. Too much. Um we do we are gonna leave it for there for Arsenal for now. Um, and we're gonna move on to the other game in the Premier League where Liverpool yeah. it took a while and it took mm-hmm. a Van Dyke header to break the deadlock in a game that it feels like Groundhog Day. This game's been happening <laughs> a lot recently. They've all kind of blended into one. But Liverpool win 2-0, and this puts them now. Only four points behind... uh No, wait, 39, 40, 41. <laughs> My math is terrible. <laughs> Two points behind Newcastle in fifth place and six points behind Tottenham in fourth uh, place. But Liverpool do have a game in hand, so they could put themselves within three points of top four. That is all a very complicated and unclear way to say, do we think Liverpool have got enough to make top four? I think that jurgen klopp is going to rescue this and he's going to pull it off i think Mm. if we look at spurs now we're going to talk about them when they're bad they're really bad and when they're good they're really good i Mm -hmm. think they are not going to be consistent enough to hold up a top four chase i think fulham are having a very good season, but I still cannot see them holding on to fifth place. I'm sorry, Fulham fans. And mm-hmm. I think Liverpool have just got enough there, and they're yep. starting to squeeze enough out of the players, and they're starting to get those moments. If Diaz comes back, if they can keep like Nunes scoring, like I feel mm-hmm. like there's enough there for them to get top four. Yeah. And I think the key thing is that I think Spurs are going to drop. How do you see Liverpool at the moment? They kind of they're hard to predict, but it does feel like there's progress.
1: Yeah, I said a few weeks ago, Jota and Firmino are coming already back, should I say. Mm -hmm. And Jota in particular, it was his run for the second goal because he ran into the box and obviously kind of drew a little bit of a foul on Kilman, but it was given uh, as a Nunes goal in the end. Um, But they're the kind of big players that I think they've been waiting for to kind of spark a bit more kind of intent into the tax in particular because they've been very reliant on the likes of Salah to kind of create those opportunities whereas now they've got a bit more diversity in terms of Mm. the way they can play it around so certainly from that point of view that's been really good and I think Gatko is starting to kind of get himself accustomed to the way they're playing as well and he's obviously played a part I mean even against Crystal Palace had a few chances now if he's a bit more clinical they go in basically Mm. and I think Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think they will be in the top four run by the end of the season. So I think they'll be third or fourth, dare I say it, because I think, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played. It feels like they're probably out of the Champions League. I mean, it's too easy easy to say that, but it does feel like that's an eventuality now um so that means then they drop out of that competition so then they'll be completely focused on the premier league and yeah. maybe that could be a blessing in disguise for Klopp and liverpool it allows them to maybe think about next season but also make sure that they get into the top four which is going to be critical right so mm-hmm. get into the top four then they can start thinking about champions league again which didn't look on the cards a few weeks ago it certainly didn't especially Not, with that and I- defense.
0: I think it's man when because I remember us talking about Liverpool and Chelsea were basically in the same position mm. and they were basically on the same yeah. points. And they were basically, and I was like, neither of these are going to get top four. Neither of these are going to get top four. Now, Chelsea definitely aren't getting top this four. Sorry, Chelsea not. fans, but no. they're definitely not getting it. But you can see that how much Liverpool have managed to turn it around and have managed to just get those results and i think like players like bacetic is a really exciting player mm-hmm. like okay the midfield it doesn't have the quality that they previously had but if you've got bacetic harvey elliot and um milner for example i think there's enough in that yeah. midfield to get you wins there's enough in that midfield yeah, there like okay. but the the energy and kind of dynamism between bacetic and elliot and the kind of nous and intelligence yeah. of milner can kind of see that midfield through i think like I think there's just enough to get them over the line. So I think Liverpool We're seeing a gradual improvement. For Wolves, they were putting a bit of um, form together. I think they've had a pretty rough run of fixtures, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But they're now uh, winless in three, after Lopetegui returning them around a bit. They are still three points above the relegation zone. I don't really see Wolves, in my head, they're not in the relegation battle, but they massively are. Um, they've played the game more than... Southampton, Bournemouth, Leeds and West Ham. Um mm-hmm. and even Leicester, Forest like they have played more games. Do you think Wolves are totally out of it? Have they got enough to they're not out of
1: the relegation battle itself but I think the one thing I would allude to Rory is in this particular match they didn't look like a team that was necessarily struggling Mm. you know you got the sense that they were more like a mid-table side than a team that's been dragged into that fight and I think with the quality that they played I mean they were very unlucky I think it was within the first minute or so cross comes into the box and Moutinho was unlucky Mm. his shot gets deflected now on different days that gets turned over we know about nevers as well i mean this is the thing you think about the quality of players they've got in that squad i still feel comfortable in thinking that they'll be safe i think obviously the first star or first part of this season should i say hasn't been as well as they probably expected it to be. But I think, obviously, they were going through a bit of a transition phase because they got rid of the manager, didn't know what they were doing really long-term, but they've managed to fix that. Now, Lopetegui's got experience, he knows what he's doing, he'll get the right players attracted to that club. I I think he's got fresh ideas is is Mm -hmm. what they were lacking, right? So I think they'll be safe, um, but never say never. I think that's the key phrase Mm -hmm. here.
0: I was just looking at their fixtures as well. They've got Tottenham at home, Newcastle away, then Leeds at home, Forest Tottenham's away. Tottenham's winnable though. Tottenham's Tottenham winnable. is massively winnable. Newcastle haven't won in a in four games now, yeah. five games. Um, I'm just looking for them. They've not won in four now, Newcastle. So I think they desperately need to turn that around. So that's um, a game where Wolves can nick something. I think. Yeah, they're a, you're right. They're a team that when you look at them, you think this isn't relegation level. This team has far too much quality. No. And I think next season, provided they stay up, which I think mm-hmm. they will, provide they stay up, all they need to do is get a striker. They need, like, Raul Jimenez, that injury, unfortunately, has completely... Yeah, scarred him, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's taken a lot from him. And I think Wolves just need another striker now. Um, and then they'll be kind of back to where they were. They are pushing for Europe yeah. last season. <laughs> if you mean, like, know the drop off, The drop-off has been insane. Um, but we're going to leave the Premier League there. Um, that was the games in hand. They are no longer in hand. They are gone.
1: Yeah.
0: And we need to talk about the FA Cup. And wow, well, it was bloody grim for the Saints at home <laughs> as the Mariners turned up with their hundreds of Harry the Haddocks. Did you see how many fish wow. were in <laughs> Leicester?
1: It's probably more fish in the stadium than there was in the sea just behind them. Basically, I'll tell you what: there was you've never more been than been to the Mariners is literally behind you. So. <laughs>
0: There was more than Southampton fans. That place looked
1: bloody empty. It was. That was a library.
0: (laughs) It was ghost town down there. But 4,000 Grimsby fans made, made the trip on a Wednesday night, the 280 miles, whatever it is, and back. Um to see their team put out Premier League opposition away. Now, Grimsby have now beaten five teams in leagues above them to get this far yes, in the yeah. FA Cup. The run has been incredible. I think this is the the furthest they've got since like 18-something. It's like 80-odd years, i been, since they last got there, uh, since they last got this far. Now, I was watching the, the game. I watched a bit of the game back, and I thought, Now, obviously Grimsby were incredible. They were like just so disciplined, were able to just frustrate Southampton. That being said, Southampton absolutely gifted this to Grimsby. Of course. They gave over two ridiculous penalties. The second one is absolutely unforgivable. Like so if you've not seen it, Chaletta Char, who used to yes. be at um, Marseille, right? This is where maybe he picked up this kind of hot-headedness, it seems like, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the Marseille jeans. He just turns around and whacks one of the Grimsby players, um, who's kind of pushed him. Now, what? when I first saw it, I was like, that's not a penalty. That's not a penalty. It's like mm. violent conduct, I suppose. But then, of course, that's a penalty. If you punch someone in the box, then... That's a penalty, right? Were you confused by it, or was it just me that found it confusing?
1: I think it's penalty all day long. Yeah. Unfortunately, you just don't do it. It, it was very soft, um, and um, on the player who got went down, it was a typical Italian sounding name, Danilo Orsi. Um, yeah, oh yeah, uh, definitely just,
0: Italian. I had yeah, to have Italian. a
1: look at his. Um, like backgrounds, and he's definitely not played in Serie A. He's uh, played for the likes of East Furuk and for okay. Town. So he's come from the depths of lower league football and done himself really well to be at Grimsby Town. To be fair, someone's um,
0: getting an invite on the pod. I'm definitely finding definitely. him on the too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, I think on the balance of play, Southampton should have won this because mm. of the amount of chances they had, but. Like they, as you say, they just gifted it. And the two penalties—I mean, even the first one—what was he doing? Like, even I, I wouldn't even when it I'm playing like, on Wednesday night, we kind of know yeah. that's definitely a penalty. You just don't do it. You just why? Like, why does he do that? And ah, oh, it's just mental because that was the only two chances that I think Crimsby had in this match. They yeah. really just had a resilient performance because they didn't offer too much apart from just run. Just, yeah, just put yeah, the pressure yeah, yeah. on the Southampton yeah. players. And that was the difference. And there's probably a bit of decision-making from the likes of Walker Peters. He kind of comes mm-hmm. in on his left foot when he should have just passed it into the box for someone to tap it in. Um, yeah, this is the thing, though. I think on that performance alone, Southampton are down because that completely demoralises that squad. And yeah. I don't know how you pick yourself up from that. And we were speaking after this result, Rory, on our mm-hmm. WhatsApp group. Where's Ward Prowse going? We, we, you know that that's yeah. realistically the talk now. Is where these players are going to end up? Mm. Because unfortunately, it's the end of the line. R- regardless of what Ruben Sellers does between now and then, I cannot see how he picks up a squad that has been demoralised under Nathan Jones. That probably takes a bit, of, like, to lift those players after yeah. that kind of mentally scarring the PTSD place that is still <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. imagine if they hear his name they're probably like shaking with blankets <laughs> yeah. over themselves um, but yeah it just feels like even the atmosphere is dead by as you allude to there was no one in the ground and it was a mm-hmm. hardcore group that probably weren't impressed by that performance as well so. yeah
0: I feel like I don't want to take anything away from Grimsby because I think like that it no. is an incredible it's like one of the greatest moments in their history it's a A a team that's not doing particularly well in League Two, like they're like (laughs) 16th in League Two. It's not like you know we're going to get onto Blackburn, like or Sheffield United. They're teams that are really pushing and having great seasons. This is like a team that yeah they've not done well in League Two this year, but an unbelievable performance from them. They put the two penalties away. They were able to create the chances to get the penalties. If you know what I mean, they were Mm -hmm. able to cause problems. And they were able to put Southampton off their rhythm, right? And the thing is, Southampton, you're right. Do they have a rhythm? I don't know. It's kind of – it's a bit mad with this manager. And I know that, like, Ruben Salah's got that great win against Chelsea, but everybody's beating Chelsea these days. And I think it's it's always funny when you see a club appoint a chairman – appoint a caretaker uh, caretaker manager Mm -hmm. after a few good results. And then usually it kind of all falls apart. Well, Southampton did it after one game. And they were like, one yeah. result, okay, you've got the management role. And I get it. Maybe there wasn't anybody out there immediately. And you're like, he knows the players. He knows the club. They know him. This could be a smooth transition. It just, it, it feels like for someone's first management job, there is so much to fix there. And I think it is, a lot of it it's is just mental. Job. Like, yeah. But then I was looking at the Southampton squad, and again, and I was like, there's a lot of quality in that squad. There's there a is, lot yeah. of like young decent players that mm-hmm. I was, it was kind of a bit mad thinking they, they could be playing in the championship next year. Like, cause there's a lot of premier league standard players there. So it just feels like it's been massively, obviously massively mismanaged. But
1: I think, yeah, I think it's down to that investment piece in the summer because they gave Hassan who sort of basically free reign to kind of go, who do you want in this squad? Mm-hmm. Because they were kind of fresh investors. They probably, yeah. And as it's kind of come to light, they don't seem to have a clue. So they kind yeah. of like just given him the reins to go and get players. Now, what he did was getting a lot of young prospects, you know, players with talent, which... You know, if you've got a sustainable model, then it will work, but you need experienced players along the side. And I allude to a comment that I mentioned a few weeks back where Ward Prowse mentioned it under Nathan Jones. Normally, when you're in an atmosphere where you need big time players to turn up, you need experienced pros alongside you, the ones that know what it takes to kind of be in this position, what it requires to get out of it. At the moment southampton don't have necessarily those type of quality mm. of players in that squad so you know you're relying on ward prowse but he's one man like yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. his performances of late since he's been recalled from aston villa have been absolutely shocking should yeah. be nowhere near the polish national team on that basis let alone like being playing for southampton like i mean there's other players that are like you you can't really Blame them like Bazunu, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean a young goalkeeper, that, young goalkeeper, great talent, but he's just been thrown in at the deep end, you know, and that's the problem for him. Love is another one the tide. as well. Like it's you know? and it
0: yeah, it feels like yeah, you you've nailed it. Like what they should have done really is stuck with Ralph Hassan Huttle. I don't know why. I know Southampton fans were starting to get a bit annoyed with him and starting to lose faith a little bit but i don't Mm -hmm. think you'd be in any worse a position if ralph was still in charge and he picked those players he is a he is a good manager at developing players it's what he did in austria it's what he's done in the past like i think you would be in no worse position if he just stuck around and i think that decision could ultimately that sacking ralph could be the one that, that that sends you down and the appointment of nathan jones but because <laughs> yeah. like, that was definitely not a good one So i think yeah they've really found themselves in uh, in it's it's grim times at southampton really really grim because yeah it feels like there's not much hope there at the moment um, no. and the fans are really starting to lose their patience understandably but for grimsby mm. incredible they their reward is another trip down to the south coast as they yes. have to go down to brighton would you just stay? I'd just stay for the week or whatever. That, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this again. Are you mad? It's
1: true. It's very true. You might as well just like get a holiday home or something like that, right? <laughs> of course, Just camp, camp out, yeah, yeah. right. for a week or something like that. Basically, <laughs> yeah, it's um, lovely
0: down but, there. It's lovely down there.
1: Yeah, I mean um, that that is going to be an incredible matchup as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think you've got deserve. Ball experiencing fa cup football i know you experienced it with stoke city in the week but i mean it's not the kind of same level because you've got a different club here that Mm -hmm. is just going to be here for the fa cup final essentially um so different atmosphere i cannot wait to actually see the scenes personally of the Grimsby fans camped out at the amex that will be delightful with the harry Haddocks as well so um yeah it'll be incredible scenes who will do it will it be the seagulls or will it be the fish i don't know
0: Oh, wow, well, the track record is heavily stacked in the Seagulls' favour, I'll be honest. Mm. Yes. Um, but yes, we will see. It's going to be a great day for the Grimsby fans. And yeah, absolutely buzzing from 4,000 on a Wednesday night. I just, I Beautiful. salute you. That is absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. Um, we do need to move on in the FA Cup. And we're going to go back up north. And we're going to talk... Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. This was their... This, the FA Cup is so open this year. It's so uh, open. It was like, apart from City, who you can't help but think they're going to reach the final, right? You've got United as another contender. Spurs are right there. Spurs are the third one. And you think, okay, if both of them go out, the Spurs can maybe get it. No, not this time. <laughs> they, when they are bad, they are bloody awful. Like, I, my mate is a Pete, shout out Pete. He's a Sheffield United fan. And he, he was kind of sending me messages laughing at like, mate, this game has been so boring. And Spurs have been so poor that like, they Sheffield have, United yeah. didn't have to do anything really. Sheffield United were just waiting, waiting. We'll get a chance. We'll get a chance. Yeah, yeah. We'll get. There you go. Goal, game over. And I think mm-hmm. all you... It's a psychological thing at Spurs now. It is yes, such yeah. a psychological chip on their shoulder. I saw the clip of Eric Dyer just traipsing off the pitch. It feels... And I'm trying not to laugh, so I'm trying to be, you know, <laughs> sympathetic. But it feels like I've seen that clip about 30 times.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Just yeah, him. so true.
0: Just him, face down, just... Slowly walking off the pitch, swearing to himself. I've seen it so many times. And if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be so sick of that clip. And yeah. it just feels like whenever they have the opportunity, just they are unable to do anything about it. And with Son is having a terrible season, mm-hmm. they brought Kane yeah. on, but he wasn't able to do anything, it was too late by that point. He can't yeah. he can't literally do everything. No, and I'm going to say the flop signing of the season, Richarlison 60 million pounds. They paid for him. He's not scored a single premier league goal. He scored, I think in the FA cup and the Europa league, uh, the champions league. That's it. Mm -hmm. He has not scored a single premier league goal. 60 million pounds. Nobody is talking about how terrible a transfer that was. At the beginning of the year, we were talking about our predictions, and I said he will get six goals. I said he will get six Premier League goals, and it turns out I was optimistic. I think, like, (laughs) a lot of signings they made have just been terrible. Why did Mm -hmm. they sign Dan Juma? I've not seen him.
1: Dan Dan Juma. I, Why I, did I, they I, say I, Basuma?
0: Like, none of these players have had any impact since arriving.
1: Yeah, Basuma's a weird one because, like, he came in with the potential hype of being this kind of midfield destroyer, essentially, mm-hmm. and the one that breaks it up and... I think Brighton fans were actually quite happy with that kind of signing as well in terms of, you know, that allows them to move on because it was always yeah. about Basuma. But now that he was moved on, they are like, well, we've got some money for him that we didn't think we'd get. And, and we've
0: got Caicedo. So,
1: <laughs> and yeah, don't forget they had Enoch Moemi as well, as well mm-hmm. at the time. Um, But yeah, I mean, you kind of think, right, well... These signings also don't feel like they were Conte signings. We've said about Jed Spence, for example. Well, Jed Spence definitely wasn't No, exactly. This is my point. And then you've got like sort of Sessignon, who seems to be forced at some parts of the season, and then he's Mm -hmm. not in the squad, for example. So I think he'll be another one that will just move out eventually, loan to a championship club or something like that. And you just think about the whole kind of team. It almost feels like you need to gutter it all completely out and just take out... The old guard, so the likes of Lloris, Ben Davies, just take them all out, just sell them, just do whatever you can to get rid of it and just breed in a new confidence. It will take them years, granted, and that's the problem. Levy probably won't stand for it. He wants success straight away. But it does feel like you allude to, unfortunately. I'm still wanting success straight away. Any, let's just start with any. Let's put the under 19s team. That'll be better for us. That's what they've got to do. They've got to be bold. But Mm. the problem is, they just do not have time. I mean, it's all eluded by the fact that even this week, I saw that Tottenham have got a partnership with F1 and they're going to build a core, uh, like a race course or like track underground. The, um, White Hart Lane or Stadium of Tottenham or whatever it's called. Um, so they've got a partnership. And that kind of just tells me all you need to know about that club, which is anything to make money and see someone else lift up a trophy, right? Because yeah, they yeah, can't yeah. experience it themselves. They, freak, yeah. they can't do it themselves. And, oh. But back to the match. They were poor. They were so poor. So if all I saw was uh, Sheffield United just breaking on the counter-attack mm-hmm. time and time again. And we have to have a word about the goal scorer himself because he was plucked <sighs> from non-league, Boreham Woods, and he's been superb. He was at the World Cup. Didn't mm-hmm. I don't think he actually appeared for Senegal. Um, no, he but played against England. He did play against England. Fair enough. Did he come on the yeah. sub, I think it was. But, mm-hmm. I mean... The way he was so mature with that ball, you could see even the Spurs players were afraid to put a foot in. That's how bad it was, like, and that's all you need to know about this team. I mean, I, I personally, I don't know who you'd keep in that squad going into next season because they all look. Even Pedro Porro, who they signed for what forty-five million, <laughs> I have got. I'm baffled by him. I don't yeah, know yeah. what he adds. He's like a Sergio Region basically yeah, signing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. just doesn't add much for me so yeah it's poor by Spurs but we've talked about it it's extremes isn't it you have a performance against Chelsea where they look incredible and then they go to levels like this where they just look terrible I'm glad I'm not a Spurs fan
0: Jesus Christ, every day I wake
1: <laughs> up and thank Christ I'm not a Spurs fan.
0: But I think, I think like we're very quickly on Ilam and uh, DI. He's now got yes. 10 goals and seven assists um, this season. He's only 22 years old and he is an incredibly exciting player. If Sheffield United, well, they'll keep he'll he's there until the he'll end of the season that. now, right? It looks like they should should be going up um, in the table at the moment. They are. I'm just Seconds getting the table up. It? They are second and they're seven points clear of third place. They're a good bit off Burnley, but they mm-hmm. should be getting, uh, keeping hold of second place. So we should be seeing the Blades back in. And DI is going to be a very, very yeah. exciting player in the Premier League for them. Um, the other players I wanted to shout out as well, um, Doyle in midfield, I thought had mm-hmm. a really good game, and Ahmed Hodzic at the back, I was yes. really impressed yeah, yeah. with. Um, Another player who's only 23 years old, Bosnian international, very, very exciting player. So, i have got a lot of good, young, exciting players down at Bramall Lane. Um, And as Mm. you said, yes, Spurs, very much the opposite. I think, yeah, there's a lot of players there, like that tackle from Sanchez, that tackle (laughs) from Sanchez to try and stop um, the (laughs) NDI shot. That is me at seven aside after I've been playing for about <laughs> 40 minutes. And you know, when you just, you're just you ready for the game to end, you're just like, oh, this has gone on five minutes too long. I kind of want to go home now. And you just lazily go, oh, if it looks like I'm <laughs> you know no one can shout at me. It's that, that in a tackle. It was absolutely awful.
1: Um, but NDI still showed incredible feet to get that finish off. And one more point, one more point. I think I could have saved that. Uh... And I could have been more agile than Fraser Foster was to that shot. I mean, how does he let that go past him? I do not know. Hot take. Hot hot take. take. I thought
0: it was right in the corner. I'd have to have a look at it again. I'd have to have a look at it again. I think
1: he's placed really well, but I think Mm -hmm. under a better goalkeeper that gets saved. Well, Loris isn't stopping it either. I think Fraser Foster and (laughs) Loris are like there
0: at this point. I think they're very level, to be honest. But the last question before we move on, Adam. Do you think Antonio Conte watched the full 90 minutes? Because I think
1: he turned off around the 75th minute. No, and I've speculated to you offline. I don't think he even watched the match. I think he was <laughs> off doing other things, having like some session with some family friends or whatever yeah, it He was out I having an aperitivo he's in Milan. I'm pretty sure Surin I saw him. Or yeah. Milan or wherever he's. Maybe he's in Lecce with his farmer friends. I don't know, but... He's definitely not watching that game. He's definitely not watching it. He's going to be sent a tape to review. I can guarantee it.
0: Just yeah, send a message to his assistant. Uh, Can you just uh, can you just analyze that game for me, please? Yeah, bit busy. Record on this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was dire, unbelievable. But you know. That Spurs for you, congratulations, (laughs) um, congratulations, Sheffield United. You are into the next round. Um, Elsewhere in the FA Cup, we have and one more upset to talk about um, before we do a bit of a general roundup. Blackburn Rovers two. Leicester City, nil in the end. Uh, they had a goal disallowed, one, right? One, one, they did get one. one. They did get one. Two, one. Um, mm-hmm. Smodzic getting Smodzic, um, man yeah. of the match. Uh, he had a goal disallowed as well. He did. Blackburn, yes. another play, another
1: team that are kind of on the rise, right? Could we be seeing them back? I think so. I think they, they've been a club over the last few seasons where they've gone a bit under the radar because they're mm-hmm. kind of one of those sides that... Do offer like potential to be a kind of promotion chasing side, but they've never had a consistency with that team. If you remember a few seasons back, they had Tony Mowbray in charge. Um, They were ever so close because he bought them out of League One at the time, got them into Championship, always been quite solid, you know, probably overperforming at times because I think the investment in that team hasn't been say, as wealthy as it has been in the earlier years of the Venki, shall we say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, However, they have got John Tal Thomason, who came in with the reputation of Malmo, got them into the Champions League. I think it was a bit of a, at the beginning of the season, a bit of a refreshment kind of ways of working, understanding how it works. And on this performance, you, you have to say, I'd be really excited to see them in the Premier League because mm-hmm. they seem to be not only just the energy levels, but they seem to press, they seem to be so intuitive of the ball. There's a few players that I really do like the look of, even the one player Dolan, um oh, I was gonna talk incredible about incredible yeah. for the goal but I remember he did a through ball a few weeks ago to, I believe it was, and I'm just searching his name, I think it is Lewis Travis against mm-hmm. QPR the reason I know that is because of that Scarif was first game for QPR okay. and right. he, he fed through this incredible ball where Travis then slides it past the goalkeeper and everyone's mesmerised because it was a fantastic move, mm-hmm. but he's another player that looks like he's got potential on him, he could. Play he's very young,
0: 21 ball. right? Yeah.
1: I mean, this is incredible some of these players that they seem to have like this really exciting crop of players at Blackburn Rovers and this is why I'm really excited about this potential next tie against Sheffield United right so mm-hmm. because it's yeah. not going straightforward for Sheffield United without a shadow of doubt but I mean just the way they played against Leicester City you I know Leicester City didn't play all of the household names but they still got enough quality to have beaten Sheffield or yes. but uh, Blackburn Rovers, sorry, the team wasn't coming to me right at that very <laughs> yeah, yeah. moment. But Schmodix, as you allude to, had a handful of chances. I think it was two in the ends that got disallowed mm-hmm. because there's one way he came in from an offside position yes. and another way he slid it and then it was a judge to have been offside as well. Um, but Schmodix was a handful. I know him from his Colchester so United days as well as Peterborough United and Bristol City. Uh, yeah. So he's been around the block in that respect but he's got quality he's got pace he's someone that will terrorize defenses um and he was more of a winger back in the day so mm-hmm. for him to be more central kind of shows how he's developed his game And yeah, I mean, Leicester City is a shadow of their usual selves, but it's a bit like Spurs, aren't they? A bit like Spurs. You don't know which Leicester City side turns up. Sometimes they play really well, then they turn up like this. Yeah,
0: I feel like what I saw was just, well, again, both goals, like Amati at centre-back, just don't play him at centre-back anymore. It doesn't work. He's a central (laughs) midfielder. I remember against Arsenal last season, he played centre-back against us and had an absolute stinker. And I remember talking about it on the pod mm. of me and being like, well, thank you for that. <laughs> because without yeah. that, we don't, we don't win the game. I feel like he's a very good midfielder. Don't play him in defence. It's his pass that Dolan runs onto. And then that leads to the goal. And then the second goal as well for Blackburn, it was like, it was just desire, really. All the mm. Leicester defenders kind of stood there and he just powered his way through, powered his way through, powered his way through and it, there was just no real fight there and I just felt like yeah it was a team that obviously just were not motivated for that game for whatever reason against a team that were incredibly motivated for that game for obvious reasons and I think the Leicester defending was just absolutely oh, yeah. horrific and like Blackburn were able to cause them but that's down to Blackburn's credit because they caused yeah. them problems they forced the issue they were dynamic they were aggressive mm-hmm. and they did take the game to, to Leicester and I think Look for Leicester. I think the FA Cup would kind of be an unwelcome distraction at this point. Like they really yeah. do need to focus on their league form. They're another team that are only three points above the relegation zone. Lost their last two. Like and their fixtures. Just looking at what they've got coming up next. Um, they've got Southampton away this weekend, and they've got Chelsea mm. at home, Brentford away, Palace away. Like they've got some games that are kind of winnable. So they need. To kind of be focusing on the premier league now so i think as much as it would be annoying to go out to a champions league uh championship opponent mm-hmm. and not have an fa cup run i think it's probably for the best for them this season because yeah. they just need to make sure that they stay up but as you said blackburn will face sheffield united in the next round there will be a championship team in the fa cup semi-finals yeah unbelievable great to see absolutely great to see um god we love the fa Cup elsewhere very quickly in the kind of the rest of the fa cup nonsense we do i want to very quickly talk about fulham leeds i thought leeds okay. were really unlucky i thought leads were really unlucky um their first goal i'm not quite sure why it was ruled out there was judged to be a push on i'm not sure who the player was they definitely definitely made a meal of it i don't think there was even contact McKenny. it didn't feel i could not believe that was ruled off um ruled off for a foul i think that kind of changes the game and okay. then Fulham. Mm-hmm. That Paulinho hit is unbelievable. Yes, he's obviously he's been incredible for them this season. Mm. One of the signings of the season. I've said it before. I think he's just been one like in terms of players making a difference to the team. He's right up there. That's an incredible hit. And then Mano Solomon scores a carbon cool. copy of the goal he scored at the
1: weekend. It's almost like they don't actually do the review of the previous yeah, game because he scores the same goal every exactly time I see him.
0: Exactly the same goal. Exactly the same goal. Beautiful hit. Beautiful hit by. I think Leeds fans would look and go, they had the better chances, they had more chances, but Fulham took their chances. That was the difference. So I think we are seeing, again, Leeds is another team where concentrate on the league, but I think we are seeing an improvement under Mm -hmm. Javi Grazia, and we are seeing kind of... I don't think a couple. I don't think a couple of weeks ago, or under Jesse Marsh, they have that kind of performance against Fulham away. I I, I think it's a completely yeah. different story. So I think, yeah, Leeds fans, it's annoying, but stay in the Premier League, please, because I like you being there. But for Fulham, they continue this incredible season. Yeah. Not only are they now what up to fifth in the Premier League, um, they are having a cup run. Marco Silva. Just Marco, bloody silver. How incredible has this season been for
1: them? The seventh, sorry. Uh, Superlatives. Again, you kind of think, and they were my favourites to go down this Mm -hmm. season. Hands down, they were what I thought was going to be rock bottom because I thought they're spending play or spending money on players that I'm not too sure if they fit the ethos, but he's just made them play. Really good football, at times being a bit more pragmatic. They change up the style. They're not necessarily relying on certain individuals. But the nice thing is he's put trust in the players that got them up as well, which I think really breeds confidence. And that really helps that team morale. I mean, the likes of Anthony Robinson, I think he's been linked with a few moves already. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kind of course of the season. And he's been doing a solid job at left back but if you look across the team uh, there's loads of players that you could call out even Tim Ream in the central of defense he's I'm not feeling. the fastest but he's yeah. absolutely reads the game really well and like you've got these additions like Solomon who like you think what's he going to do but he comes on and he did very well in the previous round does it again in this particular match you know so you know it's incredible how he's managed to maintain that momentum and mm-hmm. even Mitrovic came back into this match, wasn't match fit, only played for about 70, 75 minutes, yeah, I think yeah, it was, yeah. bought him off, he's going to be ready for the next Premier League push as well. So you think, right, they can mix it up again if they can get Mitrovic scoring again and he's a big threat for them. I mean, there's yeah, they've possibilities... Kept-
0: they've kept this up without Mitrovic <laughs> Like it's incredible I right? thought that was his, that was Fulham right if he's if Fulham scores I think everyone thinks it's just yeah. him
1: right when it comes to Fulham but he but, wasn't
0: playing there he wasn't there yeah. It's it's incredible what's happening there. And they're even getting a tune out of Willian. So Marco Silva is performing miracles down at Craven Cottage. Yes. Um, and Andy will shout if we don't give a shout out to Manchester United. They did come from 1-0 down to beat West Ham 3-1. Gonacho, a very, very exciting it player. Is. Incredible yeah. finish, that incredible finish. Um, It was very comfortable towards the end. Own goal from a He had a very bad evening. Um, I have been talking him up. He did not
1: have a good evening. Um, And West Ham just... They were unlucky, though. They had chances in this match. And on on a different day, if they go in, especially in the first half, before the goal started to flood Mm -hmm. through, I think if they score, it's a completely different way of playing it. But Fabianski wasn't in goal. That's all no. I can say. I'm going to put it down to just Fabianski yeah. not being there. I think he's a different kind of goalkeeper. And I think West Ham fans will probably allude to it. He's been their best goalkeeper for Mars for a yeah. number of seasons yeah, yeah, now. So, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, he's a great keeper. One of the best keepers in the Premier League. Been saying it for a while. He is a great, mm-hmm. great goalkeeper. But that is our FA Cup review for yep. now. I think just very quickly to take you through the ties, the quarterfinals are going to be. Vincent Company goes back to the Etihad as Burnley go to face Man City. We have Manchester United versus Fulham. I think this is like a ridiculous amount of times that Man United have been drawn at home in the FA Cup now. It's like (laughs) the odds of it are like 10,000 to one. It's insane. Man United and Fulham also play each other in the FA Cup all the time. Then we have Sheffield United against Blackburn Rovers, as we talked about. And brighton taking on great league Two grimsby town
1: mm-hmm. all those
0: games will be played on march the 18th a three o'clock kickoff i can't
1: wait which game are you looking forward to the most i think i'm going to look forward to probably controversially here um going to be sheffield united versus blackburn rovers personally because i think that probably won't get the game time. It won't be on TV, but I no, think it'll be it's Man going United be... Fulham that's on BBC. Of course, it will be, and that'll <laughs> be on a Monday night. It'll be at a stupid time, um, but my point is, I think genuinely, one of these sides get to make it into the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. Both deserve it. I think it'll be a fantastic match. I think it'll be very end to end as well because of the yeah. stars that both play. So. For me, I just think out of all the games, you're more likely to get a game of football in that one, whereas the other ones, like they're either predictable or you're relying on Grimsby Town doing another shock. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah for no, me, I think yeah, you're
0: right. I was going to say Blackburn, Sheffield United, but I will now say Brighton, Grimsby for the Grimsby fans. Mm-hmm. Let's have it. Let's see if so they can do it. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, we're going to take a very quick break before we come back with some Serie action. Very little bit of Serie action. Yes. And our weekend previews. We will see you on the other side.
1: Hi, I'm Phil Brown, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast. It's happened again. It's happened again.
0: And it did happen again. Torino, you had us there at the beginning. You had us for a minute. We thought you were going to do it. But, of course, it ended in a Juventus win. 4-2 to the Juventini as they win another Derby della Mole. And Torino let another one slip through their grasp. But it was a bit more of a contest than we anticipated, I think. What did you think of this game?
1: I thought it was very interesting, especially as Torino twice took the lead in this particular match and uh, Caramel, who we did mention, I think it was more you mentioned it a a few weeks ago about how he's been playing and he Mm -hmm. did... In this match, have a fantastic game, but uh, Sanabria caused them problems. It was interesting because Wojciech Chesney and Alexandro were celebrating their centenary game, so it was 200 wow. games for Chesney and 300 for Alexandro. Wow. Um, but yes, I mean, it didn't look comfortable as such for Juventus, but they do that typical Allegri thing of like grinding out results, not necessarily playing attractive football. And when you've got the likes of Quadrado just coming in and scoring goals, I think that kind of tells you the story that you need to know about this Juventus team. Um, I think there needs to be a few kind of words said about Vlaovic. He He's not scoring, Rory. What 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 is the feeling in Italy? Because certainly from the outsider's point of view, I mean, it looks like they might be making some losses on that guy.
0: Yeah, people definitely expected more. But <clears throat> I said it. And this is only partly a bitter Arsenal fan, but I said it when (laughs) he joined Juventus, you are going to the wrong manager. You are not going to a manager who is going to improve attacking players. You're not going to someone who gets the most out of strikers. You're not going to someone who brings through young players. Now, Juventus, interestingly this year, have taken a lean towards developing young players. They have got one of the youngest squads in Serie A. And they are like this whole Juve next gen. I was reading a really interesting Mm. thread about it. Like they are kind of shifting the focus of their team. But with Vlavic, it feels like, well, he's been injured. He has been injured this year. So he's not been fit the entire season, but it definitely feels like people expected more. But I think the blame is being kind of pointed towards Massimo Allegri, more Massimiliano Allegri, more than Mm. towards Dusan. Now, you can argue how fair that is, but I think, yeah, it's definitely been underwhelming. And I saw that even um, the Fiorentina owner, um, commisso this week, yes. was saying, we signed Jovic and Cabral. They've got 20 goals between them. Vlavic has only got 10. This has been fantastic business for us. We sold him. I'm, the, I'm a genius. Just typical commisso stuff. But, of course. like, it, it does feel like it was a good deal. For Fiorentina and you yes. they are gonna have to be more patient with this guy, but they need a they need a coach who's actually gonna try to attack, like they need a mm-hmm. coach who's actually gonna try and make him the focus of the team. Like, because if you look at it on paper, Chiesa Di Maria and Vlaovic is an incredible front three, Exciting. like that yeah. is plus that is like you know, latter stages of the Champions League level attack. Mm-hmm but they're not getting that out of it. That being said, they did just score four in one game, but yes, it wasn't from Doosan. Um, It's yeah. kind of, it is it is mystifying because as you said, in, it's not like he's getting used to the league. Fiorentino no, is okay. absolutely tearing it up. He was absolutely tearing it up. So I think um, Allegri definitely needs to look at how he can get more out of him, or Juve need to look at a coach who can get more out of him because you can't mm. just, this is meant to be your kind of... Um, in America, they'd say your franchise player, right? This is supposed to be your yeah. kind of like Tom Brady, your, your kind of exactly. your guy who is, you know, selling the shirt. And yeah, he's supposed to be your your number nine for the next seven years, ten years, if you know what I mean. So you have to figure out a way to get the best out of him. How do you how do you see it? Is it just a bad
1: fit coach player wise? I think it is, but then when you've been saying about how they move on the manager, we've said it all season. He's still there for 2025 technically his yeah, yeah, contract yeah, yeah. until then. Damn. They can't afford to get rid of him either. Yeah, they just yeah, can't yeah. afford to right now. So I think they're stuck with Allegri and they're going to put the trust in him because of the results. If you look at the form technically they would be second in the league. I think he is behind Napoli. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not like that he's doing a terrible job. Um I just feel like at the moment you haven't got the right blends yet. But that said, I mean, they're not far off. I think it sounds like they're going to make some changes in the summer. Rabio is probably going to be on his way out. Um, Chesney, I think there's a lot of in-the-air kind of discussions about him because he has got the option to extend his contract okay. by next 12 months, supposedly, which the uh, Juventus fans don't want him to exercise. So you'd be surprised to hear. No. Uh, no, really? I mean, that's <laughs> like winning
0: <laughs> no loyalty goes, in the game anymore. No loyalty anymore. in the game
1: um but yeah i i the problem is i think who do they attract who who is realistic and who's going to come within budget because that's going to be scrutinized Well, isn't it? It their depends. books right
0: i think all you need to have about 10 different plans on the wall at the moment depending on what yeah. happens because it is all so Hinging on what decisions are made about that club in the next exactly. couple of months, like I think we just need to sit back and wait and see what happens. But I think, yeah, Juve it's definitely uncertain. But I think keeping hold of Vlavic and trying to make the most out of him could be a good start for Torino. I think, God damn it, like they're just. I thought this season they were going to kick on, and I thought like Jurić has still done a fairly good job yeah, at he's Torino. Job, I think yeah. he still had like it's been a good season. They're up in ninth, thirty-one points. I just still feel like they could have got more. I still feel like there's just a few missed opportunities, a few just lacking that little bit. And this was a real opportunity again against Juve. As you said, they scored within the first two minutes, ex man, Jan Caramo, who's a player, when he was at Inter, I was like, I saw him score some absolute bangers for Inter. And I was like, mm. this guy is exciting. I think he's a very good signing for them. But I think they're just missing that little bit. And there's obviously a bit of a kind of psychological thing here about Juve now. There must be. There just must be. I think Um, so. But they put up a good fight. We are seeing improvement in Torino. um, And that is good. That is very, very good. Maybe a bit of competition in Torino would be nice. But we do need to go to the headline, guys. We've kept you waiting long enough. We have. (laughs) It's unbelievable. We joked about it. We We laughed at their expense. We we predicted it. We predicted it. That's the most important thing. (laughs) We did predict it. The most Roma result ever. And I've lost the Twitter account, but I did see someone. um, She tweeted, um, all my my friends laughed at me when I said we'd lose this game. She said, I've been a Roma fan too long to think that we would win this game. Of course, they lost to Cremonese. 2-1. A penalty to seal it. Yes. Roman managed to get themselves back in it through Spinatola, who's been incredible since he's come back. But the penalty was put away, and Cremonese get their win. We have to give them their flowers. Now, we've said the entire time that Cremonese haven't been as bad as they look. Like, the table makes them look a lot worse than they are. A lot of their games have been very close. They have pushed teams. They've not really got battered that many times. They find they deserved it, right? This is they did. I'm so I'm honestly without being patronising, just super happy for them to get a win.
1: It is, it is, and I'm just going to read this stat. So it has taken Cremonese nine thousand eight hundred thirty days, one thousand four hundred four weeks, and 14,155,200 minutes for Cremonese to win a game in Serie A again. Woo. Brilliant, woo, woo, woo. brilliant news, Yes the most important thing, Rory was that they deserved it. They wholly deserved it. A Felix Gian must have been like having those mental scenes in his head of what happened in a final when a certain Mancini was grabbing him and doing something that was not unceremoniously kind to him. And I think he had it wrapped around in his head, really gunning for this. Um, But yeah, Roma kind of a shadow of their usual selves I was gonna mention Spinozola. Maybe they should play him up front as opposed to down the wings because he, he was so short. That was that was an incredible. I think that's the guy that turns up at football and says, I've not played in months, I'm not that good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just go up front and just just <laughs> just do that. And then he's like that assured with that finish. It was yeah. incredible. But Cremonese Beautiful win. at the first goal. I mean, wow, that was incredible shot from distance. Mm-hmm. And then as you allude to penalty was a bit soft. occurring being, I think he's tried to obviously dummy the goalkeeper, go past him, and it's a judge that RuPetu has taken him down, but at the end of the day, he didn't make any contact with the ball. And that's why it was given. And um Yeah, they so deserve it because the performances for Cremonese over the last few weeks have been so close. They've been getting closer and closer. We mentioned it on the Monday night show that they held on to that lead for a little bit longer than they usually have. They've been doing it and now it's just even the scenes at the end Rory for me were beautiful just to see kids in the stands like absolutely cheering on this team yeah, yeah. like be- it was beautiful to see I don't know about you Rory but just for them to at least have that moment because they might yeah. get relegated but just for their fan base to actually see them beat a big team and it's you know in the last few weeks they've been taking on the likes mm-hmm. of Juve and getting closer and closer but yeah they deserve this they exactly.
0: I think so. it's, they're a team that have like won a lot of hearts. If you know what yes. I mean? <laughs> like yeah. people have really enjoyed, and I will still, I'll always die on the hill that they are not the worst team in yeah. Serie had this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, hard, I, like I have seen Soler be a lot worse than this lot fairly consistently. <laughs> I yeah. think like Cremonese have always been that close, just that close, that close. And they finally got it. And yeah, for them to get a win against one of the, like the seven sisters, one of like the traditional big boys. It's incredible to see. And I mean, I have to say 37, year old Chofani getting the winning penalty as well it's just a beautiful story played his most of his career in Serie B Serie C just a beautiful moment and yeah mm. um really happy for them hopefully they can get a few more like this is a chance for them now to try and build on this and like i'm just looking at the the matches they've got coming up now Sassuolo away like Sassuolo you never know what you're going to yep. get Fiorentina at home Monza away Atalanta at home they've got some games where they can still get some points and they're still in the Coppa Italia. Don't forget, they have still got Fiorentino in the Coppa are. Italia. Yeah. So they've got a lot left to play for in this season. Um, I think they will still go down. Of course, like the the, the damage is is too far gone now. But they yeah. could definitely have a really really positive end to the season and go down with a bit of a like you know a smile They'll on your fight. face a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And above um,
1: Sampdoria is the most important thing, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. If they could not finish bottom, that would be incredible. Yeah, Obviously, I think so. Um, of course, Mourinho got sent off in this game. <laughs> <because> <laughs> he's just, what I love about him so much is that he's the master of distraction. He's just, the second, he the second his teams are having a bad result, he's like, right, how do I make the story about myself? And he has <laughs> done it in beautiful fashion this time. He got himself sent off because the linesman, now we're going to use the quote, but the linesman mm-hmm. basically said something. Very unsavory and very unprofessional to him, I'll be honest. I was a bit shocked to see that the fourth official, sorry, was a, was spoken to him like that. Mourinho lost his temper, got sent off, and then he said, look, classic Mourinho, I don't <laughs> want to get in trouble. Why? I don't want to get in trouble, but... <laughs> We are playing Juventus at the weekend, and the referee is from Turin. And then he just drops like grenade <laughs> yeah, and yeah. leaves, and it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. I love how Mourinho manages to make it the story about himself and not. But he about also the threatened team. libel. He threatened libel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 That was a beautiful yeah, yeah. thing about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's incredible.
0: It is incredible. Um, he's absolutely loving it down in Rome. I know, like, it, I know that like results like this happen, and you're like, "Fucking hell, Jose, come on!" Like, your teams have got to be better than this. <laughs> But he's definitely found a home there. He's definitely found a home there. For Roma, that is such a really, really annoying loss. Like, really annoying yeah. loss. Because it looked like they were building a bit of momentum. They got themselves up to 44 points. They were in the top four. They're now one point yeah. behind their city rivals. They've dropped into fifth. And it just feels like whenever it's nearly in their grasp, they just let it go. And Mourinho really needs to kind of solve this problem towards the end of the season about them just being able to get those results because it was a really bad performance. It was a really bad performance. It was very toothless. Abraham came on, wasn't really able to do much. As you said, the only player who offered any kind of threat was Solder, the left back. And he is hitting form that we saw at the Euros. he's hitting that level of play where you're like this could be if he stays fit if 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 he could be one of the best wing backs in the world like the guy is Mm, unbelievable it's great to see him back on the pitch so hopefully hopefully he's there for a while hopefully we see him on the pitch for a while and i think the blessing
1: rory for roma is behind them is atalanta who are also in that kind of rut at the moment the only problem is behind them is juventus so let's see what happens. They are but, yeah. not
0: a million miles away. Yeah, Juventus are only 6 points behind Atalanta now. Like that is so they've won four in a row. That is so doable. It is so doable. If Juve honestly, if Juve do qualify for European football after this points deduction, that is genuinely an incredible achievement. <laughs> like because yeah. that's five wins they've had taken off them. Like it would be an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all the Serie A news really. I it think is, that's yeah. that's everything we had this yep. week. Um so because I'm very aware of time, we're very quickly going to go through some Serie A previews. Do you want to take us through the fixtures um, for the Serie A preview this weekend?
1: Yes. So it starts off with you guys that are potentially listening to this on a Friday. So on Friday evening, we have got Napoli versus Lazio. So Rory, it's not about Sunday nights. It's about Friday evenings instead. So that is a hell of a matchup. We see Sari go back to... His place, Napoli, and uh, in great form as Napoli, with obviously Spalletti talking about the fans to the press, saying that they need to be not at the end line, but behind them, chewing them Mm -hmm. on, making sure that they actually get to that final line. It feels like the marathon is starting to kick in. They understand Mm -hmm. that the sprint is within sight, but they need to get this win. So, where do you see this game going?
0: I think Napoli get a win here. I think Lazio, you never know. I think it's going to be a close one. And this is Mm. kind of Napoli's biggest challenge for a while, I would hesitate to say. Um, But I think Napoli get the win, but Lazio get a goal.
1: I probably agree with that, but I think it would be very plain sailing for Napoli. I'm going to go very quickly through Saturday and just pull out mm-hmm. the one game in particular. So Monza take on Empoli, Atalanta versus Udinese. But the big match, Rory, Fiorentina versus Milan. Milan in great form with a new formation with Malik Giao, really on form. But yeah, how do we see this going? Can we see Di Viola do anything in this match? I think Fiorentina are
0: having such a weird season. They are massively underachieving, but they're also kind of crushing it in the Conference League. (laughs) And I feel like (laughs) if they could just carry on some of that form. Cabral, we talked about, is in goal-scoring form at the moment. If he can convert that into Serie A, I think they could really give uh, Milan a bit of a push here. But as we said, Milan absolutely balled out against Atalanta.
1: I think their confidence is back. I expect Milan to get a win here. Mm-hmm. And then we move into Sunday. A few interesting matches here, but I'll quickly just go through them. So Spezia versus Hellas Verona. We've got Sampdoria versus Salernitana. seems like a very big six-pointer there. Inter versus Lecce. Inter not in great form after that defeat against Bologna. But Lecce, the farmers, are our favourite friends. They may cause a shock here. But the big match, as you alluded to, Mourinho's men Roma taking on Juventus (laughs) now it's a shame that Mourinho isn't on the sidelines because I would love to see him wind up Allegri but Rory how do we see this going
0: um I think Juve get a win here I really want Roma to do something but I think Juve are just in such good form at the minute and Roma as we said just fresh off that loss I feel like this could really like this game couldn't be worse timed like a loss to cremination and then you've got to go against like this powerhouse that's just on a roll at the minute i feel like that could be a bit of a bad one
1: for roma unfortunately but i'm hoping they get a win one word on the fixture last season this ended up a 4-3 win for juventus this was the also the game that chiesa had an injury he obviously pulled one of his ligaments mm. he played on in this match. So it'll be very interesting to see if he decides mm. to turn up. Obviously, Pogba played in the Turin derby yeah. in midweek as well. So do we see him back into the fray as well? Very interesting. I'll be looking forward to that match on Sunday evening. And just quickly on Monday nights or Monday, should I say, we've got Sassuolo versus Cremonese. And then we've also got Torino versus Bologna, a reformed Bologna who with Tiago Motta, doing really well we've, mm-hmm. we've spoken about it, rory could be outsiders to that top six top seven if mix they can the push moment. if they, they need push, to push, push come on let's do it let's do it bologna but rory let's talk do. us through the premier league as well
0: premier league preview here we go it starts on saturday midday manchester city taking on newcastle newcastle without a win in four games now three draws and a loss and of course losing the carabao cup final they need newcastle you need to put in a performance here they need to get their form back on track i think this is going to be a difficult one for city the only issue is newcastle haven't scored in a while it feels like they're not scoring how do you see this one going adam i think my ex i'm getting my hopes up but i don't think i
1: should be yeah i think there'd be a hangover from that efl cup From last weekend, I think it will be an easy win for Man City. They'll be purring at the opportunity. I could see this being an easy 3-0 win for them. However, Newcastle, they've got the quality of players. Bruno Gomez comes back into this. Nick Pope in goal, who knows? Let's see.
0: Fingers crossed. They also do have a very good defence, Newcastle. So let's just keep that up. Let's just keep that up. Then that is followed on the three o'clock kickoffs. So I'm going to very quickly take you through Chelsea versus Leeds United. I think this is the game that's going to be the upset of the weekend. I don't know if it would count as an upset, but I think it would still count as an upset. Mm. I think Leeds are going to get something against Chelsea here. Just Chelsea all over the place. Leeds in a bit of a resurgence under Heavy Grazia. I could see this one being an exciting one. They have Arsenal hosting Bournemouth. Aston Villa taking on Crystal Palace. Brighton against West Ham. That's a tricky one for Mm. West Ham. Their record against Brighton is terrible, but they Mm -hmm. definitely need to get some points on the board. Wolves versus Tottenham. And then the late kickoff on the Saturday, Southampton taking on
1: Leicester. It's a bit of a basement battle, that one. How do you see that game going? Big game for Southampton. If they don't win that, I think, as we've alluded to on this pod, I think they're down and out. Um, but I the problem is, I feel Leicester City have a good record against Southampton, especially mm-hmm. at that well, stage. I think they want, right? yeah, they won 9 0, didn't they, that one season? So I think it will go the way of Leicester City, especially as they rested a few players in midweek. So, yes, let's wait and see.
0: That should be an interesting one. Then on Sunday, we have the big games, okay. Super Sunday, as they mark it <laughs> as. We have Nottingham Forest hosting Everton now this is the definition of a big game Nottingham Forest with a great home record Everton with just a terrible record um four (laughs) points separating these teams Nottingham Forest now one win in their last five Everton two wins in their last five um how do we expect this one to go Adam I think because it's at the city ground Forest do something here
1: I think they do. I think it will be a tense match, though. I think I, uh, mm. I can see it being quite, like, maybe structured. It'll be end-to-end, potentially down to three quicks, potentially that dictate how it goes. But I feel with the quality that Nottingham Forest have, on the breakaway, they do it. I think they've got more of a goal threat in lights of Johnson and maybe Woods as well, potentially coming off the bench. Who knows? But I feel like it's just going to be very easy for Nottingham Forest in this match.
0: Unlucky toffees. Then we have a big, huge, yes. massive game. Liverpool against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. I think I was thinking uh, United are just going to win this. Liverpool are all over the place. I no. think this could be an absolute battle. I think this is the game where Liverpool turn up and United might struggle. What do you think, Adam? I think
1: you're right. I think it's going to be not as straightforward as maybe a lot of Man United fans expect it to be. I think it'll be down to who plays the better football. I think mm-hmm. it'll be down to who's going to be more, like I suppose, more tactically astute. And that'll be the very interesting thing to see is how does Klopp kind of counteract what Eric ten Haag has done. There's a lot of flaws in Man United's game, but they haven't necessarily been exploited in the last few games. I think against West Ham, there's a lot to be taken and seen. And you kind of go, They just need to be ruthless. If you saw the first 15 minutes against Real Madrid, if Liverpool can do that and then defend, shut up shop, then that could be game seven match.
0: Nice. I like that. Yeah, I think this is going to be United's biggest test, honestly. I think think this is a big psychological thing for them going to Anfield. I think their last few trips, there haven't been particularly positive. So if they get a win there, that would be a perfect week for for Ten Hag. Like (laughs) knocking Barcelona out, winning the cup and then beating Liverpool would be about as good as it can get. But I think... Liverpool are gonna put up a bit of a fight there. Then on Monday night, got a bit of a West London. Is Brentford West London? Yes, it is. It is. London, yes, right? um, Boston um, Hounslow Derby. That's exactly, what
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: We got and Brent Brenton, Brentford taking on Fulham in what could be like a proper hipster's choice of a game. I think that's gonna be a really interesting, I think it's entertaining going to game, be right?
1: So fascinating, so fascinating, as I allude to. The bus stop in Hounslow is the chant that goes on between these two teams because Fulham taunted Brentford fans by saying you're just a team near uh, you're ne- uh, just a team or near Hounslow or something like that, and then Brentford fans went back and said we're just a bus stop near Hounslow basically <laughs> uh, when they were winning. So I think this is a fantastic <laughs> matchup. Two teams that are definitely unique in their own little ways, and yeah, I could see a lot of goals in this. Could be a score draw though. Yeah.
0: And we will see if even if Ivan, even Ivan Tony manages to play. He's pled guilty. Yes. What's gonna happen, guys? It's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Get your bets in now. <laughs> the odds <laughs> are <off. laughs> 20 to 1 that he doesn't play. We'll take we'll give you those odds. <laughs> guys, guys. That is the end of the show this week. As always, please. Follow us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod. Subscribe on Twitter at the Anglo Italian Pod. Hit like, subscribe, all them
1: things. Adam, anything to say before I send them off with our quote of the week? Yes, quickly, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we are on 199 now, Rory. Someone has subscribed to just take us. We're on the edge. We're on the cusp of 200. Come on. like Even support Uncle Sharma along the way. He's just craving for 5k. We're just asking for 200 subs. Come on, guys. We can do it.
0: (laughs) We can do it. We can do it. And our quote this week comes from the fourth official who got in an argument with the great Jose Mourinho. As he said, stanno prendendo tutti per il culo. Vai casa. Vai a casa. In English, it is the whole world is laughing at you. Go home. Go home. We will see you on Monday, guys.
1: Ciao ciao.